Choose your character. Announcer. Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Uh, welcome to Navi Tales. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh. I am Nick. And today we are going to be doing Subspace Emissary, or to the uninitiated, the story mode from Super Smash Bros. Brawl. Yeah. Um... And, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know, I just kind of said I was doing this, like, two <laughs> weeks ago and did a lot on it, so. So here we are. So we're here gonna, we are. We're gonna talk about Lauren Smash Bros. Hey, dude, I remember vividly loving, I, well, I went through and watched every cutscene again, uh, and I remember really enjoying them, and, and they, they hold up. Yeah, no, I really like this mode. Like, I'm, I really want them to do something like this in Ultimate, but they probably won't. They probably won't, and yeah, it is what it is. But it was Subspace Emissary was really cool. Uh, so the story begins with Taboo, the embodiment of subspace. Taboo resides within subspace, a realm em of empty darkness, and wishes to destroy the world of trophies by breaking it into pieces and dragging them into subspace. Taboo himself is incapable of leaving subspace, but he can observe the world and manipulate its inhabitants, referred to as smashers from this point on, in an effort to create an army with which to carry out his plans. Taboo captures Master Hand with Chains of Light and pulls him into the subspace, giving him an effective uh, puppet to command his future army in the, uh, in the real world. Next, he comes, he comes upon Game & Watch, uh, who, as a two-dimensional being in a three-dimensional world, has unusual properties that make it possible uh, to create a limitless amount of shadow bugs. Taboo captures Mr. Game & Watch in order to produce shadow bugs, with which he creates the subspace army. Mr. Game & Watch is claimed to be unaware he is being used to create the army. With the army formed, Taboo turns towards the Isle of Ancients, a floating island of advanced technology. The isle is inhabited by a society of peaceful robs led by a single master robot that have never before interacted with other races. Taboo needs the island's technology to produce weapons capable of cutting the world apart, so he uses his new army to take the entire island hostage and force research on such weapons. The master robot reluctantly surrenders and allows this to occur in order to avoid the presumably threatened genocide should they refuse, though he disguises himself as the ancient minister out of shame for allowing it to happen. Taboo then captures Pikachu, intending to use its power of electricity as a power supply for the island. With the... With the Isle of Ancients under his command, Taboo attacks the Hellbird, seeking a transport ship for his army. Mennonite attempts to stave off the attack on his ship, but he is preoccupied with King Dedede, who decided to attack at a similar time. Mennonite loses the battle and vanishes, but Dedede learns of Taboo and his most devastating attack, the Off Waves, which can reduce many Smashers to trophies in a single long-range attack. DDD realizes that Taboo is capable of turning all the Smashers into trophies at once, rending, rendering no one able to uh, revive anyone, and leaving no one to stop Taboo's plans. With this in mind, he begins to work on an item that can revive uh, a trophy on a timer without needing a helper's contact, which should make it possible to resist the army even if everyone is defeated. Finally, Taboo sets out to recruit specific smashers to his cause, using Master Hand as a cover. He focuses his efforts on those who naturally dislike the others, giving him three accomplices willing to help Master Hand's plan. B 
Bowser, Wario, and Ganondorf. Their objective is to locate and suppress any resistance to the detonation of subspace bombs, the weapon developed by the Isle of Ancients to tear pieces of the world into subspace. To help, the three of them are provided with Dark Cannons, a second newly created weapon, which allows the user to turn any smasher into a trophy in a single shot. The three accomplices split up to operate in their own ways. Ganondorf remains hidden in an undisclosed location, acting as a liaison with Master Hand as well as his second-in-command for the army as a whole. While he claims to be loyal to Master Hand, he is simply waiting for the right time to overthrow him and take command of the army himself. Bowser assembles his Koopa troop and begins to wander the world in search of opponents. He is relatively loyal to Master Hand but does not care for Ganondorf asserting rank over him. Wario sets off on his own and continues to do whatever he wants, treating his objective as a low priority and not caring at all about the plan or his role in it. Yeah. Which sounds about right. Sounds like Wario. The preparations of Taboo's plan are complete. He has subspace bombs to cut the world apart, an army of goons made of expendable shadow bugs to escort the bombs and clear out any opposition, the hellbird to transport said army, and smash and smasher accomplices with dark cannons should more intelligent force be necessary. Finally, the subspace uh, gunship is under development and construction within subspace, which, once complete, will supersede subspace bombs and render the operation all but unstoppable. Take a drink every time we say subspace. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Stop trying to kill our audience. Uh, a lar- uh, Okay. So before we get into the like meat, of the game, this all takes place before the game even starts. Um, it, there's certain options in the game that are uh, you make as the player. So I have it down as both names. So we'll we'll read both names when we we come to that. A large crowd fills the midair stadium for a battle between Mario and Kirby. In addition to the generic crowd, Peach and Zelda are in attendance, and Pit watches from a magical fountain in, in Skyworld. As one participant defeats the other, the loser reverts to his trophy form, the winner revives him in good sportsmanship, and they both wave to the crowd. An ominous howling noise fills the stadium as the sky is filled with red clouds. The halberd arrives and drops shadow bugs into the stadium, which form into subspace army troops. Peach and Zelda join Mario and Kirby as they fight off the invaders. Shortly afterwards, the ancient minister appears, dropping a subspace bomb that is prepped with two robs and set for detonation in three minutes. The ancient minister quickly retreats to the halberd as it begins to depart. As Mario dashes to investigate the bomb, a mysterious smoke cloud appears, and a cannonball is fired from it that propels Mario out of the stadium far into the sky. In the chaos, Peach and Zelda are thrown into individual cages, which are held by Petey Piranha. Only Kirby is left to fight Petey. Yeah, first boss fight. I like the boss. The boss fights were always cool. And they were really, like, again, because subspace is so such an amalgamation of things. Yeah. Like, when you're, like, well, we'll get to it, but, like, you, when you're playing as Diddy Kong and Fox. Yeah. And you suddenly have to fight Rayquaza. Yeah. I'm just, like... Wow, this is so weird, but so cool. Fucking dope. We're fighting Rayquaza. Yeah, that was always just like, just cool to fight Rayquaza. Yeah, like he was just like the boss of that area, and I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Upon breaking one of the cages, PD explodes in defeat as Kirby and the princess uh, he freed, Peach or Zelda, 
jump away. Wario makes an entrance, leaping in from nowhere with his dark cannon pointed at Kirby and Peach uh, or Zelda. Uh, he prepares to fire, but notices that the other cage has broken and Peach or Zelda is laying outside in no condition to evade. Wario turns his dark cannon to the easier target and fires, turning Peach or Zelda into a trophy. He, he quickly grabs the trophy and leaps away. Kirby and Peach or Zelda, whoever's left, begin chasing him, but Kirby notices that the subspace bomb is about to explode and summons a warp star for the pair to escape on. The uh, mid-air stadium is then consumed by subspace. Pit watches from Skyworld as the stadium is sucked into subspace. He turns away to find Palutina, who provides him with a Palutina bow and commands him to go and fight the subspace army. Pitt leaps outside and into the clouds to begin his task. He finds the halberd quickly. It passes through Skyworld and drops a group of shadow bugs that become opponents for him to fight. After some time traveling, Pitt comes upon Mario. After Pitt revives him, Mario teams up with Pitt to try and chase down the halberd, but the pair run out of terrain to traverse, leaving them unable to continue chase. However, an R-wing flies by, which also appears to be pursuing the halberd. Kirby and Peach or Zelda uh, also appear to be following the Hellbird, though it somehow ends up behind them. Kirby attempts to land on the Hellbird's deck, which is more or less successful. Immediately, the R-Wing catches up and attempts to fight the Hellbird, but the combo cannon's arm scores a hit on the R-Wing. As it comes crashing down, it flies past the pair, who are, on, who are then blown off the Hellbird. Landing in the sea of clouds, the two climb down onto solid ground, fighting the enemy, the, the army throughout, and attempt to pursue the ship, the ship on foot. Oh, I'm glad I get this one. <laughs> I, I love this. I love this dynamic. To the east of the midair stadium in Skyworld is a jungle. The Koopa Troop is perpetuating hijinks, carrying a cargo full of bananas and moving at high speed away from the jungle, where Donkey Kong is attacking the jungle's inhabitants, enraged that his banana horde has been stolen. I love Donkey Kong. I've always been a big fan of Donkey Kong. I like gorillas. <laughs> As DK spots the cargo, it fires bullet bills at DK, but Diddy Kong appears and shoots them out of the air with his peanut pop guns. The pair traverse the jungle and through the Koopa Troop to retrieve the bananas. The two eventually find the bananas and dance in happiness, but Bowser then steps into view from behind and prepares to fire his dark cannon at the two. DK realizes the setup was a trap and that trying to fight a backed-up Bowser plus an unknown weapon is foolish, so he punches Diddy away from the scene, taking the shot himself. Diddy sees DK get turned into a trophy as he flies away, while Bowser claims DK as a prize. Meanwhile, Mario and Pitt have come to solid ground and are traversing a plane, continuing their pursuit of the Halberd. When they catch up to the ancient minister, he escapes without much effort. Having landed from his flight, Diddy moves through the jungle, searching to, uh, for help to rescue DK. He finds the crashed Arwing beside a lake and tries to investigate when Rayquaza emerges from the lake. Um, seeming, seemingly upset that its territory has been invaded, Rayquaza fires an energy ball at the Arwing, then grabs Diddy with the intent to harm him. Fox then leaps out of the Arwing and frees Diddy, with the two proceeding to defeat Rayquaza. Afterwards, Diddy physically convinces Fox to join him in trying to save DK. 
<laughs> Which is just great. Hey, no, I'm laughing because I'm picturing the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, and the two battle through more of the Koopa Troop. Eventually, Bowser appears with an odd purple aura and glowing yellow eyes. He is defeated but dissolves into shadow bugs as the real Bowser fires a dark cannon shot from just out of view, which misses. Diddy in- intends to fight Bowser to avenge DK, but Fox pulls Diddy away from... Stop laughing. <laughs> I'm just picturing the rapper, man. Because uh, I've been listening to a lot of Diddy lately. <laughs> Diddy intends to fight Bowser to avenge DK, but Fox pulls Diddy away and escapes with him, sharing DK's sentiment about it being too dangerous to fight Bowser. Oh, cool. I get this one, too. We're getting, like, all my favorite Nintendo franchises. I'm pretty hyped. Far to the south, Lucas is wandering around a deserted zoo. The subspace army appears, headed by the Porky statue, and Lucas runs away in fear. Eventually, Lucas trips over a root and gets his foot stuck under it. He panics, but Ness appears and uses a combination of PK Thunder and PK Flash to attack and destroy the statue. The statue was revealed to have contained Porky Minch and his spider-like mech. The two psychic boys engage it in battle and defeat it. Shortly thereafter, though, the pair see Wario on top of a pillar. He fires his dark cannon at Ness several times, but Ness easily dodges every shot because he's the best character in the game. Wario shrugs and sets his sights on Lucas instead, who is too scared to dodge, so Ness pushes him aside and takes the shot himself. Unconcerned with who exactly he got, Wario walks up to Ness's trophy and laughs while Lucas runs away. Lucas eventually bumps into a Pokemon trainer that currently has a Squirtle. After the pair fight through more of the zoo, the trainer heads on his way while Lucas decides to go with him in an effort to rescue Ness. To the northwest, the subspace army is attacking a fortress that stands in the middle of an ancient battleground. After seeing a subspace bomb detonate in the distance, Martha's roused from the fortress and fights his way out to investigate. Upon reaching the blast zone, Meta Knight appears and initiates a sword fight, each assuming the other is with the army. When both are attacked, they are set straight and team up to cross the battlefield. Eventually, they catch sight of the ancient minister, who has another bomb ready to be dropped. They fail to reach him, but then Ike appears and uses his aether to damage the bomb and send the ancient minister flying erratically into the distance. Now a trio, the swordsmen continue their pursuit of the army. Meta Knight is the best Fire Emblem character. <laughs> Absolutely. Best Fire Emblem character. I was going to say, if you said best character, I was going to be like, in Brawl. In any game afterwards, no. Yeah, I know. Because they nerfed the fuck out of him. Because they learned. When everyone only uses Meta Knight competitively, they learned. <laughs> By now, King DDD has realized that the enemy, Bowser and Wario, is collecting the trophies of defeated smashers and taking them away so they cannot be revived. He decides to start his own collection, which he plans to keep safe with his brooches. He starts his collection by ambushing Luigi on a dirt road and turning him into a trophy. Seemingly knowing that someone is approaching, he hides alongside his army of Waddle Dees while leaving Luigi's trophy on the road as bait. Indeed, Wario rides up the road on his cargo carrying Zelda Peach and Ness. Seeing a free Luigi on the road, he pulls over, takes the trophy, and laughs. Distracted, he is then ambushed by the Waddle Dee army. DDD then takes Luigi, tosses him into the cargo, 
and drives away with it and all of the trophies. As the Waddle Dees follow DDD, Wario gets up and yells at them in anger and frustration. In a forest to the southwest, Link finds the Master Sword in a pedestal and draws it. He passes by Yoshi, who is asleep on a large tree stump. As the Halberd passes overhead and deploys shadow bugs, the two team up and fight through the forest in pursuit of the ship. Meanwhile, a cardboard box on the Halberd is seen moving and fidgeting. Inside the Isle of Ancients research facility, Zero Suit Samus has snuck inside and is wandering around while fighting the subspace army minions and parts of the Rob Squad. Can I get that name tattooed on me? <laughs> Rob Squad. Can we name our clan for whatever game we play next, Rob Squad? Yeah. Remind me. Okay. It's that or Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um... She finds some of, sort of generator holding Pikachu captive and breaks it to release it. The pair continue to move on through the complex. After a while, they find a control room, which lets Samus see the room where the power suit is being held. Kirby and Peach or Zelda have reached the shore of the Western Lake. Kirby spots something and rushes off in pursuit, leaving Peach or Zelda behind, who is ambushed by Bowser and shot by his dark cannon. A waiting shadow bug clone of Bowser uses the defeated trophy to change into a clone of Peter Zelda while he sneaks off with the real one. By this time, Mario or Link and Peter Yoshi have also reached the shore in pursuit of the halberd. The Peter Zelda clone attempts to use the dark cannon that Bowser left behind to fire at them. But Link or Mario and Yoshi or Pete or Pit have also arrived, destroying the weapon in one slash. The two smashers then fight the clone and destroy it. However, Mario or Link has noticed the fight from a distance and believes that Peach or Zelda has been attacked and defeated, so he attacks the pair in a rage as his partner joins in. Once the two-on-two fight finishes, before the winners can revive the losers, King DDD drives by and snatches the two defeated smashers with the cargo's arm. Link or Mario manage to see that Zelda or Peach's trophy is aboard the cargo as DDD drives away. DDD then realizes that Kirby has snuck on board the cargo due to spotting it earlier. Kirby uses Final Cutter to cut the arm and release the two trophies and quickly revives them before they hit the ground. Irritated, DDD turns the cargo around and begins to flee. But the revived Pit or Link nails it in the nose with an arrow. The five smashers join together and chase the damaged cargo, assuming that, like the other antagonist smashers, DDD is collecting trophies to hide them away so they cannot be revived. Seeing the busted cargo at the entrance of a set of caves, the group heads inside and fight through the subspace army and Koopa Troop to see a castle in the distance with the halberd hovering overhead. Ganondorf, in his undisclosed location, has become aware that DDD is planning something and is hoarding trophies in his castle. To the east of the ruined zoo, Lucas and the Pokemon trainer see a wild Charizard fly towards a cluster of ruins. As the trainer is seeking a Charizard, the pair head down the path to the ruins. Upon going through the cave and back outside, they run into Wario again, remembering what had happened to Ness, Lucas decides to get revenge and fights Wario alongside the Pokemon Trainer. Wario is defeated and transformed into a trophy. Lucas and the Pokemon Trainer are ecstatic at first, but Lucas is then saddened because Ness is nowhere in sight. 
The trainer suggests he could be in the remainder of the ruins. In the castle, King GDD has his collection of three trophies, Ness, Luigi, and Zelda or Peach. He applies his DDD brooches to the first two, but runs out of them. He decides to use the one he was saving for himself on the princess, planning to make some more later. However, the Koopa Troop attacks and the ceiling caves in, dropping a large chunk on DDD's head and knocking him out. He eventually becomes a trophy. The cave-in also leaves Luigi, Ness, and DDD covered in rubble. So when Bowser and Koopa Troop glance around, they only spot the Zelda or Peach trophy to take. Doesn't he put, like, the brooch on, like, Luigi's nose? Yeah, he puts, like, the, the brooch on, like, Ness's chest, Peach's, or Peach or Zelda's chest, and then, like, Luigi's nose, which I feel like I would have done, too. Yeah, sounds about right. Mario's group also reaches the castle, seeing nothing but a hole in the wall. They traverse a second set of caves and catch up to Bowser. Mario attempts to get the jump on him, but he uses the princess as a shield, uh, neutering the attack. Pit quickly fires an arrow that Bowser successfully dodges, which causes the DDD brooch to fly off the princess and Bowser to fall off a cliff, though he lands directly on in his Koopa uh, clown car, and escapes to the Halberd. While Kirby inspects the DDD brooch, the ancient minister detonates a subspace bomb that engulfs DDD's castle. Uh, Ganondorf observes the castle get swallowed by the subspace just before a new message comes in from Master Hand. Back in the ruins, Lucas and the Pokemon trainer continue to fight through the cavernous constructs, during which the trainer captures a trophy-sized wild ivysaur and battles the previously seen Charizard, capturing it too. The duo then wind up at a dead end. Meta Knight, Marth, and Ike have progressed eastward across the desert to the east of the battlefield. I should fucking hope so if you're headed eastward. Having lost the ancient minister, they find uh, Golem <laughs> Gallium in his tank form, cruising across the desert and decide to follow it. Upon catching up, the swordsmen defeat Gallium in battle, who leaps off a cliff and crashes into the ruins right next to Wario's trophy, and into the room that Lucas and Pokemon Trainer have entered. Gallium attacks for its second battle in a row, but is defeated again. Instead of simply falling apart, Gallium grabs hold of its opponents and propels itself skyward, activating a 15-second countdown on a subspace bomb embedded in his head. Seeing the trainer has fainted, Lucas gains a sudden confidence boost and uses PK Thunder to break off Gallium's arm, freeing the two, but sending them falling towards the ground. Lucas holds the trainer as they fall to their doom, but the two are then quickly caught by Meta Knight, who carries them away to Marth and Ike's location. While Gallium's subspace bomb detonates in midair, barely reaching the ground and sucking up Wario's trophy. Upon landing, the trainer regains consciousness and shakes Lucas's hand. The ancient minister watches Gallium's subspace bomb from back in the desert and exhibits an increasing degree of sorrow over how Robs must be sacrificed for each bomb. He is roused by one of Pitt's arrows, which he dodges as the group resumes their chase. After a short while, the ancient minister deploys the bomb he was carrying, which the smashers fail to stop, and so must escape as several nearby Robs are destroyed. Diddy Kong and Fox continue to travel east through the jungle and reach a more swamp-like area. As they move on, Bowser successfully nails Diddy with a dark cannon shot from a distance and sends in a troop of shadow bugs to clone him. 
Fox is about to face a two-on-one when Falco shows up, punts the dark cannon out of Bowser's hand, and destroys it with two blasters. Bowser is displeased and leaves in his clown car, but first commands many more shadow bugs to merge with the existing Diddy clone, rendering it significantly larger and stronger. Fox revives the real Diddy, who is shocked by the humongous clone. Together with Falco, they defeat the imposter. Diddy then physically convinces Falco to join them and their goal of saving DK, and the trio continue through the swamp. Upon reaching a cliffside waterfall, they spot the Smash Skiff, which takes off towards the Isle of Ancients with DK's trophy on board. Diddy grunts in anger, thinking the chase cannot continue, but Falco has a plan and summons the Great Fox. Baby. Samus and Pikachu continue through the research facility. Upon reaching the room with the power suit, two shadow bug clones of it appear. The pair defeat the fakes, and Samus suits up as they continue to move through the facility. Suddenly, Ridley appears and, ba- and bashes Samus against the wall. Pikachu attacks Ridley and frees Samus with thunder. Although Samus is hurt, she and Pikachu fight and defeat Ridley. Afterwards, they find an exit to the Island of Agents' surface, alongside another exit with Rob's carrying subspace bombs out of it. They decide to enter. Elsewhere on the Isle's surface, near a different set of ruins, Olimar is attempting to topple a giant Rob with a horde of Pikmin. The Rob awakens and shakes all the Pikmin off, killing most of them. Olimar backs away in fear as a red Pikmin points to the blue falcon screaming in from the distance. Captain Falcon erupts from it as he delivers a falcon punch to the robot's head, easily knocking it over and killing all but one of the remaining Pikmin. Despite this, the two captains team up and make their way towards the edge of the island, where they see the smash skiff with DK on it coming in. An Harwing flies overhead and drops Diddy onto the transport, who knocks off all the army members currently on board as Falco signals success and flies elsewhere. Falcon picks up a terrified Olimar and leaps off the island, landing on the skiff as Diddy revives DK, who easily breaks free of his chains and is ready to fight alongside the other three as troops try to protect the transport. After the enemies are defeated, the skiff continues its programmed course into a hangar of some sort into the isle. It appears that the Great Fox has been directed into combat with the Halberd as some sort of distraction. The two ships are firing incessant blasts at each other. The battle is taking place close to the top of a snowy mountain. Mennonite sees a chance to reclaim his ship and abandons his crew to begin ascent. He passes the ice climbers on his way up, who take his quick speed as a challenge, and the new group fights upwards to reach the summit. Upon reaching the top, a Lucario is found meditating on the peak. It leaps towards Mennonite and challenges him to a battle. The winner revives the loser as they shake hands in respect. Just then, the Halberd plunges through the clouds, grabbing the Great Fox with its combo cannon, ramming it into the mountain, and knocking the ice climbers off. Meta Knight and Lucario manage to use this opportunity to jump on board. Uh, the ice climbers land by a canyon next to the Marth, Ike, Lucas Pokemon trainer group as the Halberd drops a crowd of shadow bugs. Mario's group arrives just as the fight starts, and Mario's group merges with Lucas's group soon after. Inside the halberd, Snake decides the time is right and leaves his cover to begin operations as the damaged Great Fox limps off. 
He hides in a box upon hearing footsteps, but is shocked to be exposed by Lucario, who notices him due to his aura. A leery Meta Knight is told by Lucario that he is an ally. The trio continue to fight through the halberd to find what appears to be a cargo bay, with both Peaches and Zelda's trophies in cages. Both princes are cloned by Shadowbugs and are defeated. Peach and Zelda are freed and revived, though Snake tells them to stay put while the group moves off. As soon as Snake's group leaves, Zelda takes on the persona of Sheik and sets out on her own journey, with an amused Peach following. The two fight around the Halberd's exterior areas to reach the top deck. Fox is back in another R-Wing and is attempting to destroy the combo cannon, which, due to how close the princesses were to it, makes Sheik think he is shooting at them. Sheik teleports onto the R-Wing and breaks the window, forcing Fox to eject and land on the Halberd. As Sheik and Fox are about to fight, Peach offers the two some tea, which brings the conflict to an abrupt and confusing end. In the meantime, Meta Knight, Lucario, and Snake have reached the Halberd's bridge. They find that the ship is being run by several clones of Mr. Game & Watch. Snake runs in and busts all the clones out the window where they land on the deck besides Peach, Zelda, and Fox. Almost immediately, the clones all dissolve into shadow bugs and merge into Duon. As Meta Knight remains on the bridge to take control of the ship, Snake and Lucario jump down to help in the fight in addition to Falco, who arrives just in time. Once Duan is defeated, it leaves Mr. Game & Watch's trophy behind. Once revived, he joins the group. The subspace army has now lost its dropship. Mm. As Samus and Pikachu fight through the Isle of Ancients subspace bomb factory, from above, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Captain Falcon, and Olimar fight through from below. The six of them then meet uh, in what appears to be a storage room containing dozens of bombs, in addition to the Rob Squad and the Ancient Minister, who appears... I just... Can they just, like, wear sunglasses like the Squirtle Squad? Oh my god! Rob Squad. Um... Yeah, so they, they find the Rob Squad and the Ancient Minister, who appears dejected and has no apparent interest in fighting, much to the Smasher's surprise. Ganondorf rings in as a hologram and commands the Rob Squad to detonate all remaining subspace bombs immediately. He executes Order 66. Yeah, right. Um, the subspace gunship has, com has been completed, and a rift large enough to allow it entry into the world is necessary regardless of whether the bomb factory and the Isle of Ancients is destroyed as a result. The Ancient Minister has had enough. He had only allowed the sacrifice of two per bomb to keep the rest alive, so he commands the confused Robs to ignore the order. Ganondorf activates some sort of override that causes the Robs to not only begin preparing the bombs, but to also open fire on the Ancient Minister, setting his cloak on fire. Ganondorf cuts the communication as he sends in a wave of troops to distract the Smashers, who had been attempting to disrupt the bomb's deployment. The burning ancient minister takes out some of the enemy forces with his robo-beams and throws off the remains of his cloak to reveal to the other Smashers that he is a Rob himself, and joins them in combating the subspace army troops. Once the enemies are defeated, however, they realize there remains no way to stop the subspace bombs from detonating. Believing his race's elimination is inevitable, Rob manages to send all other Robs into some sort of sleep mode, including himself. DK will have none of it as he carries Rob out of the room with the group, racing to escape the Isle of Ancients and board the Falcon Flyer that Falcon has remotely summoned. After the group reaches and boards the Flyer, Meta Ridley appears, 
determined to delay or destroy the ship before it can escape the blast zone. The Smashers battle Meta Ridley on the Flyer's roof and are victorious, escaping the Isle of Ancients before it becomes entirely engulfed in subspace. From the mainland shore, the group of Smashers that had fought at the canyon watch the Isle of Ancients vanish. They are joined by the Falcon Flyer and the Halberd, forming a force of 29. The subspace gunship emerges from where the Isle of Ancients used to be and fires a shot of its main cannon into the distance, rendering an enormous patch of unused ocean into a subspace detonation. Bowser and Ganondorf are perched on the ship's command platform overseeing the test. The Hellbird is then seen approaching from the distance. Knowing the Hellbird has been taken over by the Smashers, Ganondorf orders the gunship to open fire with its primary turrets. It does not take long for the Hellbird to be destroyed, but the Falcon Flyer, Samus' gunship, and Arwing and the Hakotate ship fly out of the wreckage and continue advancing. Ganondorf commands the secondary weapons to also fire, but none of them can land a hit on any of the smaller craft. Kirby then arrives riding the Dragoon from a different direction, suggesting the Hellbird and the other ships were a distraction, and flies it directly through part of the subspace uh, gunship's cannon. The entire gunship begins to explode as Bowser and Ganondorf retreat into subspace while the Smashers fly their ships inside and begin their campaign through to fight through the subspace army and find a way to stop them. As the Smashers progress through subspace, Bowser and Ganondorf are due to meet with a master hand. Before he appears, Ganondorf decides now is the time to take over and fires upon Bowser with a dark cannon. Kicking Bowser's trophy off to the side, Ganondorf meets master hand and sees the chains of light for the first time, connecting him to Taboo. Upset that he has been fooled the, the whole time, Ganondorf attempts to attack Taboo, but his offensive is easily blocked. As Ganondorf falls back to the ground and becomes a trophy, he collides with Master Hand, breaking him free from the chains of light and from Taboo's control. Now free, Master Hand also attempts to attack Taboo, but also fails to accomplish anything, being knocked back to the ground by Taboo with little effort and lying still, seemingly dead. At this point, the Smashers arrive and realize what is going on, only for Taboo to unleash his off-waves and defeat all of them. With no more Smashers around, Taboo begins to assemble the Great Maze out of the colonies created by the subspace bombs and fills it with the remnants of the subspace army plus subspatial clones of the Smashers and the bosses they had previously defeated. In the colony containing King Dedede's castle, the Dedede brooches activate, reviving Luigi and Ness. The two connect the badges with the Dedede trophies and deduce that he is the source of their revival, so they revive him in return. His plan successful, Dedede hugs them in elation. He then teams up with the other two and begin crossing subspace towards the Great Maze, reviving all the Smashers they find along the way. Upon reaching the staircase at the Great Maze's entrance and seeing Bowser laying there, they revive him as well, only for him to attack DDD. DDD wins the subsequent fight and revives Bowser again. Bowser tries to start another fight, but is flicked in the face by DDD, who directs Bowser to Master Hand's motionless form. Bowser begrudgingly decides to join the group to get revenge on Taboo. I, by the way, have always been a huge fan of King DDD as a character. Just like, he's always the bad guy, but he's never really the bad guy. He's yeah. really the embodiment of Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, he really is. Like, I've always been a huge fan of King DDD for that. Like, 
Just because he's the bad guy doesn't mean he's a bad guy. So, like, he's the reason that they survive. Because yeah. he's just like, ah, fuck you guys. I'm going to go do this myself. Yeah, figure it out myself. Also, it was pretty good at him in Brawl. So, um, at the same time, Kirby is revived, having eaten the DDD brooch that had fallen off the princess DDD had collected. Kirby sets off across subspace and collects the rest of the smashers that DDD's group had not come across. Kirby reaches Ganondorf's trophy, but Bowser shows up and vents his rage on it as revenge for Ganondorf shooting him with a dark cannon, giving Kirby second thoughts about getting near it. DDD then appears, hugs Kirby, and drags him along towards the Great Maze. Again, he hugs Kirby, his enemy, because they're not really enemies. Yeah. As the Smashers are preparing to enter the Great Maze, the revived Wario shows up, boots DDD in the head as revenge for stealing his cargo and trophies, and has a laugh over it, seeing that the two of said trophies, Luigi and Ness, are on DDD's team, surprises him enough to stop fooling around. Oreo's then offered to join the group. After bitter reflection, he agrees and rides his bike up the stairs to the entrance. Finally, Link and Zelda have come upon Ganondorf's trophy and agree to revive him. Directed to the Great Maze, Ganondorf is adverse to join forces with his two biggest enemies. Nevertheless, he sees that Taboo is the bigger foe and an infuriated that he had been manipulated, he agrees to help. The 35 Smashers enter the Great Maze. After a lengthy and combat-filled trek, they finally reach the center and break all the seals, guarding the final door to Taboo's residence. Taboo attempts to use another set of off-waves against them, but Sonic appears and damages his wings, rendering the attack unable to knock out the entire group at once. Thus, Taboo faces three dozen Smashers in the final battle and is ultimately defeated. All the colonies composing the Great Maze are restored to their rightful positions in the real world, with the subspace detonations all being sealed off. However, the amount of subspace bombs simultaneously detonated on the Isle of Ancients has ruined the Isle's ability to return to real space. It is claimed to be destroyed forever. Instead, there's a giant X of light in its place. The Smashers manage to escape to their world. Yeah. And that is Subspace Emissary. Woo! There's a lot of characters in that. Yeah. I didn't realize it was going to be two dozen characters worth of story. But Subspace is great. Yeah, Subspace is really dope, and it's like, is this Upsetting that they probably won't do it again, but who knows? They could surprise us, but... It'd be nice, but again, I'm not going to get my hopes up for something that I doubt will happen. Right. Um, so, uh, a part of that, part of the reason we did this is because I'm still, still got my hype from... Oh, yeah. From uh, the East. Smash Bros. Direct. Yeah, the Smash Bros. Direct. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much was. So, like we like to end every episode, Nick... What have you been playing? I've been playing Splatoon 2. Uh, I've been doing the, the story mode. Pretty much almost done with the main campaign. I'm on like the last world. I finished that the other day. <laughs> I mean, you were almost done anyways. Yeah, I just had a couple levels left, so I finished it. I'm on the last world, and then once I finish that, I'll go on to the Octo expansion story. Um, but that's pretty much it. I've been just playing a lot of Splatoon. Right now, I'm trying to get the gold toothpick out of the Octo expansion ex- thing, which is 100%. Mm, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Uh, so, yeah, I've been doing uh, 
just Splatoon mostly. A little bit of Fortnite because I wanted to try it with a coworker online, and I I did I, I fuck that game. <laughs> just fuck that game. Uh other than that, I really haven't been playing anything. I kind of want to fucking just play Splatoon. Yeah. Played some Pokemon Go. I caught two Regice before this oh, podcast. Yeah. We're, we're recording this podcast late because Nick went and caught Regice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was pretty hyped yesterday when I caught a Snorlax. That was yeah. weird. Yeah, there's Snor- we were at our friend's we were at our friend Bro's house and the Snorlax just appeared at his house. And, yeah. and I'm really mad that Snorlax is gonna be the next research thing for July. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. whatever, we got one. I know. I know, like, but like it's gonna it be the research. Be, it should have been the dogs. Should have been one of the dogs or yeah. beasts. Yeah, but I got a Snorlax. I, all I remember is because I was really drunk, and <laughs> yeah, I open up. I have my thing open, and I'm like, "Oh, everybody, there's a Snorlax outside!" And then five minutes later, Josh goes, "No way, there's a Snorlax!" <laughs> yeah, because I was trashed and not paying attention to anything. Megan and I were both drunk last night, but yeah. Uh, D&D, something about a cat bird. Uh, that's all I remember. I gotta be perfectly honest. We were we were bringing, um, what, what was it called? A tressum? A tressum. Yeah, we were bringing, so we, we found the villagers in the cave. We saved them. And then we fought the bandits with the villagers on our side. Mm-hmm. And we killed the bandits. That we had previously joined forces with. Yep, to build the bridge. And then we, so we killed the bandits. We leveled up. And then the um, the villagers gave us a quest to go find someone's son because the parents died. So we had to bring some proof that they di- some proof of them. So we took their wedding bands and we had to bring their cat, tressum. their catbird tressum. So we are going off to find this guy in um, some, golden, some, some town called Golden Fields, I think. Yeah, Golden Fields. Um, and we, we camped. I became, I, I fed the trick, like, because we got to get the trestle to follow us, and I'd kept a frying pan on me this entire time, and I filled it with water, and, like, gave it that, and then we fed it. And then now the trestle rides on my shoulder, and I really hope I don't got to give this thing up, because it's adorable. Yeah. I'm so, just, like, this massive half-orc who's just, like, gushing over this cat bird. So, um, so we made our way over to the to the golden fields and camped for the night. And there was a hill giant and a troll walking around. So we hid and like kind of fucked with them a bit. Um, so this like, is where I start forgetting things because I kept going pee and I kept drinking more. Yeah, we fucked with them a bit and like was like casting illusions and messing with their minds and stuff to distract them. And then morning came and then they were like. All right, let's keep going, and then they left. And then we continued walking, and we got to the Golden Fields, and that's pretty much where we took a break. We really didn't do that much yesterday. No, I think it's probably because Megan and I got drunk. Probably. Uh, but, yeah, so, I got a cat bird. I really hope I don't got to give him up. His name's, <laughs> gotta... like, his name's like Skrillex or something, so. <laughs> something like that. And then, uh, I don't know, we're about to get the Ant-Man and the Wasp update to Future Fight pretty neat yeah that movie's coming soon yeah and then yeah that's about it we bought i bought some amiibos last weekend yeah is it some danky kang got a danky kang amiibo and some splatoon ones because i'm addicted because i have an issue (laughs) but yeah 
So, uh, yeah, that that's that's all I got. Same. Check us out on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter at Navi underscore Tales. Again, at Navi underscore Tales. Um, send us your amiibos. No, literally, just send them to us. Yeah, not pictures. Just not pictures, your take, amiibos. Package your amiibos and send them to us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, until next time, we'll see you then. Bye. Love you. Is gaming an addiction? I feel like the answer to that question is no. All I want to do at any given time is play Splatoon. That's not an addiction. Yeah. Taboo first toward first horns. We're starting off good, guys. <laughs> Taboo first turns his attention towards Master Hand, the master of the world. Taboo creates uh Taboo I am so fucking tired. <laughs> Dude, My God, dude! I got piss all over me earlier. I heard you got cow piss on you, yeah. and but then they were like, "Oh, it's just like it's used for something." I was like, "Really?" I just imagined Josh was just somewhere with a bunch of cows, and they just pissed it's on him. Deaf. It's uh, diesel exhaust fluid. Um, it, it cleans out a diesel engine's exhaust. Uh, it'll get it'll ungunk it uh, better than anything else. But it just so happens to be cow piss. <laughs> I got it all fucking over me earlier. It's hilarious. The smell's gone. It's treated, but like it's still sticky and cow piss. Mm. Let me tell you, this was at like 10 o'clock and I was fucking furious the rest <laughs> of the day. I was so fucking mad because like. You're just covered in cow piss. I was just covered in cow piss. I was so fucking mad. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> That's a story of my life. And cows. Mm. I bet bro wants to get pissed on by a cow. That, that, bro wants a, a golden shower from a heifer. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Taboo first turns his attention towards Master Hand, the master of the world. Taboo captures Master Hand with chains of light and pulls him into the subspace emissary. Uh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Good time. <laughs> And plus we're recording at like 7 Which we never do I know Because you were too busy playing fucking Pokemon Hey I don't know why you didn't fucking come Um Because I was covered in cow piss And I needed to come home and shower (laughs) Don't give me that look It's a Reggie Why do we record a podcast? I don't know Neither of us can fucking talk sometimes Nope We're the worst I'm gonna start that whole sentence over Alright the Koopa Troop is Okay. I get what they're trying to say. By they, I mean me. <laughs> he finds the crashed Arwing beside a lake and tries to investigate when Rayquaza emerges. Emergences. You were just excited to say Rayquaza. I was. Um, as the Halberd passes overhead, he deploys... Oh, no, he doesn't. He does not do that. Inside the aisle, I'm glad I I'm glad I'm tackling the next one. <laughs> to the east of the ruined zoo, Lucas and the Pokemon trainer see a wild Charizard fly towards a cluster of ru- ruins. Ruins. After the group reaches and boards the flyer, Meta Ridley. Ridley. Fuck. As soon as Snake's group leaves, Zelda takes on the persona of Sheik and sets out on her own journey. With with an M, M, the words amused. I was about to say ambushed, but I stopped myself.